0: Hello Mzanzi, welcome to episode 351 of the Farmer's Inside Track podcast. My name is Duncan Masua, and I'm your host for this episode powered by NetBank. Now even though 2023 was rather tough for agriculture, John Hudson, who leads agriculture at NetBank Commercial Banking, emphasises the sector's resilience throughout the year. In this episode, he cautions about upcoming uncertainties and advises taking proactive steps for what is likely to be a challenging 2024. John Hudson,
1: welcome back to Farmers Inside Shike. Thank you, Duncan. As you indicated up front, it has been a tricky year. And certainly from my point of view and from Nedbank's point of view, we have seen that. There's been some very good, but there's also been some uh, stiff challenges. And some of that was really brought about from 2022, but with the financial impact lagging into 2023. There's always seemed to be a lag as it plays out from a bank's point of view and how it impacts our clients. So it was a year that needed to be carefully navigated. I think there was no plain sailing for anybody. And in particular, certain sectors had to navigate it very carefully. So if I give you one example of that, horticulture had a real tough year in 2022. It was one of the worst years in many years, if not 20, 30 years for horticulture. And we saw financial distress across the board. And therefore, that lagged over or carried over into 2023. But fortunately, you know, citrus has done well in 2023. So certainly it's a recovery year. I wouldn't say it's a massive bounce back, but certainly we're seeing that recovery coming through in citrus, which really bodes well. And it looks as though 24 will build on that. So that's moving in the right direction. I think some of the other export horticulture crops, if I look at macadamias as well, their price dropped dramatically in 2022 and in 2023. And while we've seen some some stabilization, it will take a bit of time for that price to recover. In general, I see 2023 as a recovery year, also a consolidation year. We didn't see quite as much investment into new infrastructure. So the pace in terms of investing in new long-term crop and orchards and so on already came off. And I think with the increasing interest rates, farmers are a bit more circumspect and they had to manage this period very carefully bearing in mind that there were other factors as well, and I I will talk about those. But certainly factors such as interest rates, you know, if you're carrying a lot of debt and you're looking to add more debt, well, maybe 2023 was not the year to do that. It was a period of consolidation. And I suppose that's also reflected in the agricultural numbers. The third quarter numbers were pleasing from a trade point of view. It was up 1% on prior year for the same period. The latest GDP numbers were a bit disappointing. You know, quarter-on-quarter agriculture was down quite a bit. And that was surprising to many of us because we felt that we were sneaking into positive territory from a growth point of view, from an agricultural GDP, and we were hoping to end the year in positive territory. While we're not so sure now we might be slightly positive or flat again, which 22 was a flat year. If we go back before that, we had two brilliant years. I think everyone knows the story in 20 and 21, where we had close to 14 and then around 9% growth on those two years respectively. Very flat in 2022, around about 0.3, if I'm not mistaken. And we were looking for a little better in in 2023, to be honest, but I'm not sure. We hopefully will end in positive territory, which maybe in itself is a good thing. But why say the latest trade data was pleasing and the converse is the GDP data was a bit disappointing. We did have some very good highlights in 2023. And just to mention a few, second biggest maize harvest ever, 16.4 million tons. Our soil crop was one of the biggest ever as well. So the field crop guys continue to have a good run. Good successive rainy seasons and decent prices. While we saw the prices come off slightly, we still saw good return for field crop farmers. And if you look at citrus, I think maybe the increase in export cartons didn't quite materialize, but we still exported 165.1 million cartons of citrus in 2023 through our ports. And largely our ports for the citrus season ran fairly smoothly. I think as we're seeing in the Western Cape with an increase in the sort of deciduous fruit, there's pressure on the port. We know the wider pressure on ports, you know, with ships docking off Durban and so on. But there's wider pressure in ports. But if I look at the citrus season specifically, which has now ended, 165.1 million cartons. And I think that is a record, in fact. Might not be what we had hoped for initially. It was a bit higher than that, but a very, very good outcome. And again, with the recovery in prices and the reduction in freight costs, Citrus is looking up. So if you look at the agricultural sector, we came through it pretty well. It's not quite reflected in the numbers. And that's why my own disappointment that we haven't done a little better, or I expect in the final numbers, was hoping to see it a bit better. But it's a tricky year. And that's what I started off saying. You had to navigate this year very, very carefully. It wasn't just plain sailing. You had to have your wits about you. You had to have a clear strategy. You needed to know where the pressures were in your business, what the risk drivers were. And how to mitigate that risk. So, all in all, I suppose not a bad year considering the challenges. I think what was disappointing for me, and this is outside of the farmers' control to a large extent, is the continual load shedding. That is so disruptive for our farmers and for the entire value chain and also the economy as well. So that was a concern. The increasing interest rates, I've mentioned that already. And so our infrastructure, our port efficiency. Road, rail, and port adds to the cost of doing business and really does increase the risk. We need to access more markets. I have seen some positive move in that regard. We're exporting maize to China. Isn't that exciting? And beef to Saudi Arabia. So those are two new markets for us. But we need, quite honestly, to build a whole lot more markets. And the lead time is long there. So that's continual work in progress. Opening up new markets needs to be speeded up. If this sector does continue to grow, most of it will be exported. I think you can tell from my response to your question, it's been a tricky year. And if you take some of the floods, you take some of the sort of disease issues, look at in terms of the avian influenza, what a disruption that was on the poultry sector, in particular your long-life birds, your layers or your birds that produce eggs. And when I talk about long life, their cycle length is just so much longer than, say, a broiler, which is two days or so. Factors such as disease and so on are here and are a concern for us. And sadly, some of these will then carry over into 2024, and that will continue to be a bit of a drag on the agri-economy.
0: It definitely sounds like there's been a couple of hits and misses within the agricultural sector throughout the 2023 year. You know, you talk about some of these challenges also being carried over into 2024. What can we
1: expect going into the new year, John? We have had to deal with a lot, and I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, to be honest, is is that because we deal with a lot as the South African businessman in general, but in this case, our farmers and the agribusinesses, it really means that you need to be agile. And I, I think our farmers have really taken that to heart. They, they are agile. They are mightily resilient. And so many of these challenges actually make us stronger. Now, while you don't want to continually throw challenges at the sector, because at some stage, it's going to backfire on you. And from a competitive point of view, many of our local owned goals, if I put it that way, are not helping in that regard. But I did say we're going to see a continuation of some of the challenges into 2024, and that is quite true. But if I look at it in a global context, the war in the Ukraine and also Israel now, not good for the world economy, and we see that the world economy is under pressure. So I don't think that's good for us. It certainly is not good in terms of exports and so on, and in some cases, you know, imports as well. There is going to be this continued geopolitical pressure which will play out. And so that's a bit of a noose around our neck, and it's not only applicable to South Africa, of course. Changes in the international trade environment, I think the EU last year in terms of the increased phytosanitary requirements for citrus, in particular oranges to the EU, we dealt with that quite well. But if they continue to take that line and make it very difficult for us to comply with stricter and stricter regulations, that will be a negative. Certainly the appeal that's to be heard of the WTO is an important outcome for us, but it's a long process and we are yet to see what the solution is. Weather conditions, again, it's not only a South African thing, of course, but climate change around the world is playing havoc, and that will continue to play out in 2024. And we have the talk of the El Nino in the latter part of 23, where we are now going into 2024. Now, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. I don't think it's necessarily all bad news, but the El Nino climate change, whether it's floods, increased temperatures, et cetera, make it really difficult from a production point of view. And then those local challenges. And, you know, ports have been one that is really important for the sector. If you think of a sector that continues to grow in terms of exports, it's vitally important that we get our goods out through our ports. And conversely, getting goods in, you know, so the bottlenecks that are happening at the ports is not good news at all. And even more so when you're talking about a perishable product such as citrus or fruit. So, quite honestly, we need to find a solve for that. And I'm really pleased that the private sector through the shipping lines is coming to the parties. They're sourcing surplus equipment elsewhere in the world, which will then be brought into our ports and installed to alleviate some of the constraints that we're facing. It's really important that the focus on infrastructure continues, because otherwise this will just continue to be a burden and an increased cost to doing business. The deterioration in service delivery, so we're really worried about rural communities and rural towns. Agriculture is an important lifeblood of our rural landscape, and service delivery in, in these towns is a concern. I think the persistent challenges at Eskom, this fluctuating load shedding that we're having and sometimes quite severe, we're going into another hot period in terms of summer. And if you're unable to put on irrigation when it's required, we can start to see damage on our crops, both from a quality and a quantity point of view. And then another one, which I did mention earlier, which is a carryover into 2024, if we look at animal health and biosecurity, sort of animal diseases a massive issue for us. If we don't get that right, it's going to hamper not only our internal livestock sector. If you look at the avian flu, for example, that was a good indication of what can happen and the severe increase in egg prices due to a shortage just 35 or even up to 40% of our laying flock was impacted. If we don't deal with this, not only will it affect locally, but of course, exports as well. Talking about exports to Saudi Arabia for beef and so on, we need to ensure that we have a robust biosecurity standard in South Africa and government a lot to do with that as does the private sector so those are some of the challenges if I route back to climate challenge El Nino has certainly been on the cards it's been predicted for quite some time and that is concerning I'll tell you why from a few points of view but the impact is not as great as what it could be I will just talk about that as well so the probability of El Nino is very strong it's above 90% which means we're going to have an El Nino It's just that the severity and the impact of it is not quite as clear. And the latest information I have is that your eastern regions, so KZN and Pumalanga, for example, may have relatively good rainfall right through to March. So that's good. The central regions and your northwest could be exposed to El Nino a bit sooner than the eastern regions. So towards late summer, we expect some impact coming through there. What is worrying me at the moment is the high temperatures. High temperatures in themselves are good for plant growth. If you have excessive temperatures without sufficient uh, moisture or rainfall, you then have problems in terms of production of crops. And what I mean by that, in fact, is that you can have a magnificent stand of maize, but if you don't have rainfall at critical times in the plant cycle, so you know it's either germination or flowering or fruit set or depending on your crop type, those heat waves at those periods can be detrimental in terms of quality and quantity. I think temperatures is a worry for me, but the good thing with this El Nino, we go into it with soil moisture and the soil moisture through successive rainfall season is pretty good. We have a high water table. So if we speak to many farmers, the springs are still running, but normally when you get to the end of winter, August, September, and even into October, you can have a very, very dry spell and your springs dry up completely. We see much better water flow and water tables. And then lastly, our water storage. So in terms of irrigation, those farmers are well-placed if you've got full dams, et cetera. We think the impact of the El Nino is less than what it could be. If I summarize 2024 and what I'm looking for in a year like 2024 is, I did mention it earlier that in many ways, we saw 2023 as a period of consolidation and in some cases, recovery. I'm the first to admit that we have cycles in agriculture, so are the field crop farmers entering a drier period and therefore they need to keep that in mind in terms of their planning going forward but they should be well placed after having three or four seasons their balance sheets should be fairly robust and be able to hopefully take them through a, a downturn if that does occur in field crops we continue to expect growth in horticulture and also animal production if i look at some of the bfab numbers going forward less so in field crops we see that coming off maybe a bit in terms of the forecast there some of the prices will impact that, so you could see declining in terms of field crop production, but certainly animal production, which remember includes poultry as well as beef, for example, and pigs and sheep and so on. So the whole livestock sector is still continues to show growth, albeit though with having to deal with biosecurity or to have exceptional biosecurity in place. And I think that's a caveat for the livestock industry. If they can manage their disease issues well going forward, then there's still growth opportunity. Horticulture by the mere fact that there's still a lot of young trees in production. So if you look at citrus, if you look at deciduous fruit, if you look at macadamia nuts, for example, and macadamias in particular, there's up to 40% of the trees which are still non-bearing. So if you extrapolate that going forward, there might well be a doubling and out with the next five years or so as those trees come into production. And if we look through many of the citrus types as well, if you drill down into whether it's lemons or soft citrus or oranges or whatever, Each of them have a slightly different curve, but there's still a lot of trees that have only just started to enter their bearing stage and will continue. So those numbers of citrus escalating over the next five to 10 years is based on what's in the ground already. We don't have to plant new trees. We're going to get this increasing production. I think 2024 is a build on 2023. While 2023 was tricky, and no doubt we need to, to navigate 2024 in the same way, the understanding of your business And how you approach it and make sure that the risk drivers are well understood in a business is just paramount if you're a farmer and you're trying to understand the way forward with all this complexity and challenges that are at play understanding your risk drivers is key and then how you actually mitigate for that risk and for farmers and agribusinesses for that matter to continue to engage with their key stakeholders of which financiers are certainly one is vitally important i see that with our farming businesses they are sophisticated they are, in my view, dealing with the risks that are faced, but it is a continual process to do better and better and almost do more with less. And the last point I want to make going forward is that there's some key themes that will continue to play out. And apart from access to new markets, which I think is critical in understanding the risk drivers in your business, if I look at sustainability going forward, if I look at ESG going forward and how farmers position themselves in terms of building climate resilience, I think sustainability It's well on its way, and I think people will understand what climate change is all about. But building climate resilience and financial sustainability is critical going forward. And there's a lot of challenges that come with it, but there's also opportunity as well. And for a banker to assist our clients on that journey is critical, in my view. Lastly is transformation. We look at transformation, and we seem to stumble along, to be honest. I did see some latest numbers which indicated that the amount of land transferred is closer to 22 or 23 percent, not far from some of the targets that were set. So depending on what lens you look through, it looks as though we're doing far better than what we give ourselves credit for. So that needs to continue. But what I do feel is, if you look at AMP Agro Processing Master Plan, there's a lot of effort has been gone into that. We need to unlock that. I'm a bit worried that that's a bit stagnant at the moment. But as we move forward into 2024 the AMP could be a key unlocker for agriculture and for transformation going forward, which is really important for our country. I think we're seeing a lot of private intervention, a lot of opportunity in the transformation space. For example, NetBank has a partnership with PELS. PELS is well known for structuring land reform deals, putting commercial deals on the table. I really like the approach and what they're doing. And obviously, they then bring it to financiers, such as ourselves, to fund the transaction. And what we are finding is that many of these Transactions have a lot of good elements. They have an outstanding chance of success because of how they're structured and how they're put together. And PELS goes to great lengths in providing that foundation. If we could add grant funding to that, you know, and this is where I'm looking to the government from a blended finance point of view, that grant funding would just help reduce the financial risk and would unlock these. We're sitting with a number of deals where we would love to apply grant funding to it. And we're battling to get our hands on sufficient grant funding. And it's not to say that we're greedy and we want to put grant funding must be everything. It's a combination, as blended finance suggests, of grant funding and commercial interest-bearing debt. And if you can combine that well and leave it to grant funding, there are so many opportunities that we are currently sitting with. And I know PELs are going to continue to send us the leads. So grant funding is certainly another component. And then lastly, South Africa is struggling in terms of the economy We, at best, slightly positive in terms of economic growth. It's like touch and go whether it's negative or positive, and that's not good. So while agriculture can contribute, and I've spoken about a lot that we can do, and I still believe that agriculture is a massive unlocker in our country for all sorts of reasons, and it can contribute to economic growth. We've seen how it's contributing to more jobs. Agriculture is one of the sectors that's created jobs, and it's really done well in that regard. We are a really big employer. I think the latest number is nine hundred and sixty thousand people. It's so important and a vital contributor to the economy, but we need the rest of the economy to help as well. We can't solve for everybody, but we can contribute. We can make a meaningful contribution to economic growth, food security, land reform, et cetera. But we just need the rest of the economy to help employ people as well. And that will ultimately lead to greater demand for our sort of agricultural products. So I go into 2024 a bit anxious in some ways, but gee whiz, if we can deal with what we've dealt with in the last few years, I can't see why 2024 shouldn't be another good year. I say that in the context of the challenges, I hope i are not coming across as is only seeing blue sky. There's certainly a, a number of clouds about, but there's enough blue sky and enough sunshine for me to have hope for 2024. Thanks, John Hudson, Head of Agriculture at
0: NetBank Commercial Banking. You can of course read more on this topic by visiting www.foodformzanzi.co.za And that's a wrap for this episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favourite platform so you never miss an episode. From me Duncan Masiwa, our technical producer Megan van der Fen and the rest of hashtag Team for Mzansi, thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.